Hello and welcome to Mid-Bay News' The Interview Show. I'm your host, Christopher Saul, and today I'm speaking with Amy Kern-Smith. Amy is the director of the Story House. It's a little theater, basically, here in Niceville, right next to Cafe Bienville, uh, on John Sims Parkway, right there, uh, kind of on the west side of Niceville. Anyway, it is a wonderful, small cabaret playhouse, and it has improv and music and plays and other kinds of shows that really bring the arts community together in our area. So I wanted to talk to Amy about what this storyhouse means for our area and I guess what she wants to see happen with the arts community here in the future and who's going to help build it. Anyway, let's start the interview. Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing here in Niceville. Hey, thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, well, we actually moved to Niceville about eight years ago, actually. Um, we had come, well, I do run, I actually opened the Story House in 2020, but we started here about eight years ago when I had moved down from Indiana, my husband and I, and our five children. <laughs> and so it all started in 2006. Before Niceville was as busy as it is, is now, I came down to run an arts weekend at what was then the Methodist Church. And I spent some time there with a few arts folks from that church and the surrounding area of Niceville here in the Valpy area that wanted to learn more about how they could do more arts. And so a friend of mine, Sally Weitzel, who lives here in town, invited us to come run it because that's what I did professionally. And it was such a great atmosphere. The people were incredible. And I said to my husband when we left in 2006, I said, one day, this would be a great place to live. And it was small. I mean, there wasn't even, I don't think there was a Walmart. There wasn't anything in the town back then. So um, he was surprised that I wanted to move somewhere that feel, felt like a small town. But I said, one day, this would be a great place to come. And so when the opportunity presented itself in 2015, that's what we did. We gathered up our children and moved down here. And so what has it been like to move from Indiana where they have like, seasons and snow <laughs> right? and, uh, and come down here where it's, you know, it's today, you know, it's like 75 degrees and Ugh. it's, you know, almost winter. That's so true. For me, I was always worried because my husband always hated the heat. I thought he's never going to survive. Um, but as soon as we got down here, you get acclimated. And I, if I never have to drive in snow again, I mean, I li lived my whole life in Indiana and shoveling snow at five and 6am is just not a treat. So mm -hmm. if I never have to live in snow again, I'm good. Like this is home for us. We, we love Niceville. We love the people here. This is where we're sticking. This is a good place for us. Sticking like snow, but that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so Amy, um, you you moved down here from Indiana, and one of the amazing things about you is your love for the performing arts. And so right. tell me how you went from, hey, we're moving from Indiana to a place called Niceville to, hey, let's start a venue for the performing arts in Niceville. Okay, that's a great question because um, the arts have always been some have been a part of my life since I was very young. Um, it was an opportunity for me to step outside of my comfort zone quite often, be creative and just explore, whether it be through music or acting or directing. It's from the time I was little, it's been a part of my life. Um, my husband and I actually met when we were both performing in a production in Muncie, Indiana called The Mystery of Edwin Drood. It was a great show. And that's where we met. And that's so our lives have always been tied to the arts. And the arts are really any theater, any music band, whatever you're involved in the arts, there's a connection with community that I just think is like no other. And that goes for the audiences too that come in. So when we moved here and I realized 
there wasn't a lot in this area right here in Niceville for myself or our kids to get involved in. And I thought we got to find a way. So I had made good friends with uh, Matt and Melissa, who uh, Matt and Melissa French that own Cafe Bienville. And I'd mentioned to them a couple of times that, man, we should, we should have a theater around here. We have the college. The college does great stuff. They bring shows in and they produce one show um, a year where they would invite the community to audition for it. But I wanted to see more. And I wanted to see something that was an opportunity for singer-songwriters or local um, musicians to shine or local writers to share their words whether it be in a play or poetry or whatever it is, I wanted us to have a place to do that. And when Matt and Melissa bought the building that they currently own on John Sims, they had the end unit come available. And Matt said, Hey, Amy, you've been talking about this since we met you on how it'd be cool to have a place. What do you think? Do you want to give it a shot? And that's when I thought, well, now or never. So it took us two years, but we gutted the old pawn shop space and we made this cute little black box, almost like a, a cabaret seated, almost like a, a inner city. When you walk in the back door, you're like, mm-hmm. wow, this is so different than what you expect it to be. And it is, uh, it is amazing because it's, <clears throat> it's nice and small and it feels close quarters. And it feels like, um, if you've ever been to, um, the preservation jazz hall in new Orleans, right? Like it's yes. real cozy and like you're, you're next to people and it's not like, like deeply uncomfortably close to people, but it's close enough to where you feel like if you like you can lean over and talk to them and all of a sudden you got, I mean, you gotta be polite. Right. <laughs> and yeah, so, right. <laughs> um, it's, it, it kind of like promotes a, a positive atmosphere. At least, you know, the times I've been there, I've really enjoyed going in and just like talking to the person next to me. Right. What, it, what does it feel like to have something like that here? You know what? I should, I should start before that. We talked about how it took you two years to set it up yeah. and then COVID hit. That's oh my goodness. To talk about. Yeah. Oh, we opened January of 2020 with a show called Parallel Lives, which we're bringing back because nobody knew who we were then and COVID was hitting. But we opened then and then we got shut down. Oh, man. And we couldn't even do anything. So here I'd, I'd spent all this money renovating this space. I had, you know, countless hours put into getting it ready. And then we're shut down completely. And then when we were able to reopen, which was that summer, um, you know, now I'm two years and a half behind on even being able to, to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could only open at half capacity. Well, as you can imagine, we seat 50. So now we're only seating 25, if that. And people were nervous, right? People were afraid to get out. We, we None of us knew how to respond to this mm-hmm. pandemic. And so we did it though. We were like, we're going to do this. We're going to keep going. The, the remarkable thing, Chris, for me about that experience was even when we had half minimal audiences coming, my goal is when people leave, they feel like they've had this collective experience. You said you talk to people, you, you meet people that you live in this community with, you, you get to know people. And even then we had people leaving going, wow, we needed this. Like, thank you for this evening. And we even started improv that year, which everybody loves our improv team. I mean, I'm in love with our improv team. They're phenomenal people, but um, just, just a slice of hope or something to go on this journey together to walk out having this collective experience and feeling like we um, are in touch with life a little more, you know? Absolutely. And so now that you guys have this, this real piece of like, it, it almost feels like, uh, to me, it's like a, uh, it's like an organ uh, where you need to have like, you need to have like the Niceville Eagles high school football team is a huge part of our lives, right? Like are, in terms yeah. of just like, 
something that everybody kind of collectively knows about and talks about. Like the Niceville yes. Eagles football team is good. They we are. They're amazing. Them. Everybody <laughs> goes to one game a year. You know what I mean? And like, yep, for sure. One way that we kind of participate in the collective or like um, churches for some people or um, the senior center is like, you know, that spot for people that are older than 55, right? But like, for me, the Storyhouse feels like a place that people that appreciate the arts, like it, we didn't have something like that, that was like, um, where you could participate, you could actively participate in it and try out for stuff, right? Like Maddie right. Kelly is great. Um, yeah. And it's, it's big and it's, it's different than what you're doing, I feel like, but it's it a is. piece of something that's essential to like building a, a strong community. Yeah. And that's, that's the remarkable thing. All of our performers are local. Yeah. So we've had people who have been performing with us now that are realizing not only how great it is to do that, that they want to do more. So we had a, a gal just audition for a, a touring company for a cruise ship that she thought, Hey, and she had a great opportunity to go out and do it. And it looks pretty good for her at this point. We're waiting to hear, but there's, it's just amazing to me that you have a lot of people out here that have talent that don't use it, but because our rehearsal times are so short mm -hmm. and we are not asking them to come for seven days a week for six to 12 weeks, um, we can put pieces together in a reasonable amount of time that they can do it and fulfill that creative um, outlet for themselves, which is great. So it's, I mean, it, to me, it almost feels like it's just as much for, like, it's always for the performers too, right? But like, it feels like the the gap between performer and audience member is much narrower than it would be at a at a Maddie Kelly or um, yeah Grand Ole Opry House or something like that yeah yeah I think so I think they're there so we I'll tell you I have a, a lady whose kids are involved at the high school theater and um, she's actually a local business owner as well this is how tight this community is um, she after seeing several shows she's a subscriber season subscriber she said to me one day I'd, I'd love to help with you're set sometime. I don't know if it's okay if I say her name, but I will. She won't care. Um, it's Sarah Bess, who right. is part owner of Mosquito Joe. So she said, I want to help with a set. So she and I met and came alongside. And when we did Burn, our most recent show, which I believe is the best set we've ever done, she used her artistic talents to help build the set. And then our next show, we had other people come in that just wanted to start doing it. So people who are coming to the shows are wanting to find ways to get involved. Um, even not as a performer, they'll, hey, they want to help with lights. They just want to be a part of it because it's magical. Well, yeah, and I, I think that <clears throat> I was I was thinking about, you know, TV shows that I'll watch, right? And if you watch the actors, like, the actors are good and that's great. But, like, without the musical score and the set designers and the, you know, people building the props and all this other right. stuff, it's just, like, people talking. Yeah. Right? Like, the, yeah. the magic is exponentially greater because of all of the the oomph that people that are not necessarily doing the lines of dialogue provide. Yes. The behind the scenes work, the, all of that is just as valuable, if not more for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I, I just, I think it's really cool to see people lean into the, especially, you know, in our town where it's like, if people were to make like a broad generalization about Niceville, it's that everybody is, you know, an air force, you know, major or Lieutenant Colonel, Right. And, uh, they have an engineering job on base, so they fly a plane, right? And like, yeah. this, and that's one facet of who we are. But it's so we're like so much more than that, and this gives us that venue to express it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've had some um, local authors submit scripts now that they want me to consider to produce there, which I think cool. is fantastic. Um, I've had actually we have some military guys who have auditioned who have now done some shows with us, which I think is great. 
Um, it's, it's a really, I feel very blessed to be in this community that not only is embracing what we're doing, but wants to help it grow and what, you know, what can we do next and how can we do more to expose people who maybe wouldn't go to a show on a regular basis to the arts and what it can do for them. So Amy, uh, can you talk a little bit about how Storyhouse kind of works with other art groups in town? Like, do you guys do anything with the high school or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. We do. In fact, um, it's funny you should mention that both of my boys graduated out of the high school theater program, where is when I first met Richie Jackson, who's the theater director there. Uh, About eight, seven years ago, they did a show with him and I went in and volunteered and kind of expressed what I wanted to do with this program. And he was incredibly encouraging. He's truly my creative bestie at this point. We do a lot together. Um, That being said, not only have we helped each other with our programs and figuring out, you know, how we can make an impact in this community, but um, he participates, as you know, or may not know, he's a performer um, Mm -hmm. and a director at our space, as well as what he does there. Um, But we, this summer partnered in a way where we did a summer camp for middle schoolers and high schoolers. And that was such a great experience for people to bring in some, I brought in our choreographer, brought in myself and Richie, and we taught classes to these kids, which exposed their parents to seeing more of what we do there and at the story house. Um, it's just a way to get the whole community excited. Um, when these kids and, and sorry, I really messed that up. There you go. So just, um, start from where your last complete thought was. And, um, so I'm looking at the transcript. It says, uh, we taught classes to these kids, which expose uh, their parents to what's going on, basically. Okay. So we taught classes uh, all a couple weeks in the summer to these kids where their families would come in and see them perform. And also given the kids an opportunity to come see shows at the Story House. So it was a way to connect multi-generations to what's cool. not only happening in the school system, but what's happening in the community arts-wise. And that's actually carrying over into what's happening um, in some other arts organizations in the area, which is very cool. What is the, I, I guess, medium term to long term goal for Storyhouse? What do you what what change do you want to affect in the community, or what do you see happening in the next couple of years that gets you excited? That's um, that's great. We've actually been meeting to talk about this, and you were going to announce our next season as soon as all the rights come in. I think the community is going to love what we're doing next year. It's very fun. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you just on the long term, I would love to see more original work come in and an opportunity for, um, playwrights and, uh, musicians. And so to just share their work with the community, um, there's not a lot of places. I, I know third planet's a great place for musicians to go and play and they do a great job. We can have singer songwriters where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, those I'd like to see that develop a little bit more. Our improv team has grown so much that we're we're going to have to do improv once a month. <laughs> okay. But there's no way around it. It's the demand is high for it and um and I love it. Like it's it's a good thing. So if you that's anybody loves an improv show. Um so that's going to we're going to grow that team, continue to grow that. Long-term wise, you know, Matt and I and Melissa and I talk all the time about, you know, this venue and how it we can grow and do more and um partner in doing that. Um, I'd hate to say five years where I see it. I do see it growing, whatever, where we can do maybe more shows where we're allowed to expand those audiences. Because as I mentioned, we've been selling out quickly. I felt bad during burn people that didn't get tickets, couldn't see it because they, we sold out so quickly on some of them and certainly improv just recently. So 
I'd like to see that growth. I'd like to see new work produced. I'd like to see more of the community get involved in whatever aspect they want. As that, you know, like we said, set building and, um, and just bringing, you know, we did two original productions this year that have never been done in the state of Florida. One, a Canadian playwright, one, a friend of mine from Indiana. And both of those plays were so just outside of the box and kind of edgy in a good way for this, this area. It, I know the young people that came to see it were thought, this is cool. You know, they wanted to be a part of it. And we, I think we need more of that here in Niceville. Things that young people go, hey, I want to go. Not only want to go, I want to be a part of it. Cool. And so is what is what does your audience typically look like? Is it a cross segment of the population or are we seeing, you know, only, you know, 13 year olds that are really into softball? Like what's <laughs> what's the what's the demo that you're seeing? I am proud to say that we have a very diverse audience that we have every age you can imagine. Um, we, we actually make sure that we have, we have put matinees in those shows that we know that a lot of our seniors are really going to want to see, like we're doing a 1940s radio cabaret for our holiday show. Cool. And, um, we definitely have a Sunday matinee for that. And it's already almost sold. It's, it's half sold at this point. So, um, you know, we're very eclectic in our audience. I would love to see our audience grow and diversify a little bit more. And I think that's going to help when I bring some more diversity into the work that we produce. I, I remember going to, um, uh, <clears throat> I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it was a, um, uh, a musical, uh, of kind of like movies through time. Celebrating cinema. Yeah. There it is. Celebrating cinema. Yeah. Uh, and I remember seeing cross section of the population. I was like, where did all these young people come from? They're just like me. I know. Uh, That's right. And, uh, it was, it was just so fun to see like, you know, everybody from, I would say probably the youngest person in the audience was probably like 15 or 16. And then the oldest person was probably 75 or yeah. 80. And it felt like it was just like a good distribution of everybody. And everybody just seems so excited to be there. Like, yeah. and that's, I wish we could do like 14 story houses. <laughs> right. Yeah. And have some more, have some more room. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's a great way to bring the community together in a way that we haven't had until until now and really until after COVID was over because it's like right. how much could you really do, right? Right. Yep. Um, yep. That's true. And so what um what do you want people to know about the story house? What is like do y'all have like a, a mission statement or a vision, anything like that that you want to share with people? Oh, I've never been asked that. Um I you know for me if you can come into the story house and have this collective experience with the performers, the tech crew and the audience, if you can make a friend and if you can leave feeling something where you've just had some sort of a cathartic experience, whether that be joy, laughter, maybe your heart's moved a little bit, um, where you see the world outside of your perspective for an hour or two, that you can connect with the community in a way or just understand somebody else's life a little bit more, then I've done my job. And for me, that's, that's where I win. When people come up and they go, man, I just, that was so moving or, oh, I didn't think about life in that way until I saw that piece. And that made me think differently and see the world from a different angle. Then, then that's winning for me. Cool. And th the joy part's pretty important. And, and we have enough the in the world that's not happy. <laughs> I exactly. want to feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, what is, uh, so we're, we're talking, you know, second, third week, fourth, last week of December to the beginning of the new year. What, what should people know about what's going on at the story house right now? Okay. Yeah. So we are getting ready to open our, um, holiday cabaret show, which is a 1940s radio show. 
I have six terrific performers, three women and three men. And uh, we're going to take you back in time a little bit, do a lot of those oldies tunes and uh, have a fun little story to go along with it to get you in the spirit for the holiday. And then our January show, as I mentioned, we had opened with Parallel Lives in 2020. Nobody knew who we were. It was such a struggle to even advertise. And everybody was starting to hear about this pandemic thing. So we didn't have people really attend. And the few that did have mentioned, hey, that was a great show. Should you bring it back? So my good friend, Molly Bellner, who now is living in Indiana, is coming down. And it's a two-woman comedy show that definitely will... um, yeah, all ages love the show too. It's very funny. It's a, it's a fun, make you feel good and move you in some moments as well show. And then in February, we're doing another cabaret similar to what you saw when you saw Celebrating Cinema that's called Love Not Actually. So definitely one to make you um, get ready for Valentine's Day and see all the ins and outs and ups and downs of love in a fun way. And then after that, we'll be starting our new season, which hopefully we'll be announcing here shortly, which will have uh, more improv plays and musicals. And then if I can work it in, uh, I'd love to have once a month or every other month, a singer songwriter. So if we have people in the community that want to submit their, you know, their music talent and say, Hey, I've got these songs I've written and they have things that they want to, a message they want to get out stories they want to tell about their life or their music. I'd love to hear from them because I want to give them a venue. It's a, it's a great way to build your audience and to get people to know about who they are. And if somebody is listening to this and going me, pick me, where do they go? I then go to our website, which is thestoryhousenicefield.com. Um, they can also send an e- email to thestoryhousenicefield at gmail.com. It's the best way to get information to us quickly. And uh, the if you want to buy tickets, storyhousenicefield, thestoryhousenicefield.com as well? Yep. Yep. That's it. Yep. We have a ticket. We, we partner with Ludus Tickets. Um, they do a great job protecting everybody and they make my life simple. They're a great organization. And they're also not Ticketmaster, which is great. They are not. Yeah. They are not. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some other exciting things happening. We've got a couple people from the community that are working with us to do a a non-for-profit umbrella, which then will, our big thing that I want to do is I want to do another summer camp this summer. We partnered with the high school and did one last summer. It was really successful and that's for our middle school and high schoolers. So they can start getting, getting some training outside and it's a summer camp is a great time to do that. So we want to do that again this year, but we want to provide it. So we're going to we get this nonprofit umbrella, then we're going to be able to apply for some grants to help us cool. do some cool things in that area and to provide some some opportunity for young people to get without having to, to cost anything. That's my goal. Really cool. Okay. So well, Amy, Amy Kern-Smith uh, of the Storyhouse Niceville, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon, especially after your next season kicks off. 